Have you ever wondered why noticing goodness makes the world a better place for someone else? We've been curious, and we wondered what would happen if we asked people to share their stories. So, welcome to the Noticing With Podcast. We're so glad you're here. Hello everyone, I'm Amy Johnson. I am, among many things, the founder of the Notice Network, and I am so excited to get to be a part of this Noticing With conversation. Inside the framework of a few simple questions, we want to get the real uncut perspective of people in our community. We want to know how people are noticing goodness and how that's changing their perspective in their life. Thank you for tuning in. We hope that you'll find this positive podcast will inspire you to notice goodness too. On this episode of Noticing With, I get to talk with Holly Dawn. Holly is a loving mom and wife, a woman of faith, a grateful daughter, a middle school choir teacher. As a matter of fact, she's a 2022 Teacher of the Year and my friend. I first came to know Holly many years ago when she was my daughter's choir teacher. She is such a passionate teacher and it was so easy to notice that goodness in her. Over the years, my admiration for how Holly impacts her students, her colleagues, and the community has just grown. One of my favorite things about her is how much she loves people. Throughout our conversation, Holly wove so many examples of how she lives out this love through her sincerity, her intentionality, and her investment in the lives of her students, as well as in the people who support them. Another one of my favorite things about Holly is how intentional she is. She is a person of excellence, and she shared some really powerful strategies that helps her live and work in a place that allows her to give so much to so many. As the summer starts to wind down and we start to look forward to this next school year, it is so impactful to hear the perspective from Holly. Being a teacher and a student is a lot. A lot of opportunity, a lot of joy, a lot of struggle, a lot of responsibility. It's just a lot. Holly helped me to value it even more than I already did. And I think you'll find so much value in her perspective too. So without further ado, let's do some noticing with Holly Dawn. Hello, Holly Dawn. Good morning. Good morning. (laughs) Thank you so much for sitting down and talking with me. I've been so excited about this. I'm very excited about this. Good, good. (laughs) Well, I know that it's going to be fabulous um, for everyone to listen to your perspective on life in general, just because I know I love to hear it. So I know that everyone will like that. And I, um, when I'm thinking about who can come on the podcast and like who would do it, who wants to do it. (laughs) And then seriously, who are those people that I know I could just sit and listen to all day long and, and I just feel better when I walk away from it. So first and foremost, thanks for being that person. I'm for honored. me. Thank you. Yes. Um, so just so everybody has a frame, I usually start with like how I know you. Um, and so many, many years ago, you got to teach my oldest daughter and all of her friends the love for choir and music. And, um, and when I think about um, how you impacted them, it's just still so huge to me. I mean, they, they learned to love music in part because of you and your passion and, and how much they still love you and how much they Mm -hmm. still want to stay connected to you. So makes me, makes my heart grow. Um, that, that was so long ago and it's still so true. And then you had my second and then you did a really crazy, made a crazy decision (laughs) 
everyone should know. Betrayal. No, just kidding. <laughs> and you got to bless Summit Lakes instead of Pleasantly. And you didn't get my last two Johnson girls. But they've had Courtney Williams, which is amazing. She's amazing. Such a gift. And um, so everything's all well. But we were like, wait, what's happening? We can't not have Mrs. Dawn. <laughs> Um, for choir, so so thanks for leaving it in good hands with Mrs. Williams. Yes. But um, so so I really have gotten to watch you, and because we've continued to be in the music program, even at different schools, just watch you consistently. So for now, for I don't know, many years, we won't say how many years, probably. I don't Seems know. like a, lot, it's been right? a long time. <laughs> um, but watch you consistently be so passionate mm-hmm. for teaching and for people. Um, so when I think about that, a lot of times I think. Um, and we talk to teachers about this. Some teachers are really comfortable in that space with kids. And they really love to pour into kids. Some people, some teachers are really good in that space with their colleagues and parents. They, mm-hmm. they get the adult thing. And you seem to, 100%, I, I really have never seen you not be this way. You're passionate about people. It just doesn't matter who's in front of you. You love people. Am I right about that? Yes. Yes. <laughs> So that's a that's the thing. I mean, I remember kind of getting to notice you and noticing that you're like you're mm-hmm. passionate about loving people and supporting people and and advocating for people. And so, um, gosh, that's part of what I think will come out in this conversation today. Um, it always feels like I ramble just a little bit at the beginning of these, and then I think when I go back and listen, yeah, but there's so much more I wanted to say because I just love you so much, and I just want you to know all the words. But I hope you can just feel it, and I hope everybody Absolutely. else can feel it too. That's what I, I want people to feel from you is that genuine passion for people. You've got that. So Thank cool. You. So, yeah, thanks for being you. <laughs> and everybody wants to celebrate you in this community right now because it's kind of a big deal. <laughs> but you recently, this last year, found out that you're a Teacher of the Year for Lee Summit. Yeah. Yes. And now you've moved on mm-hmm. and you're a finalist for Kansas City. Mm-hmm. Am I saying that right? Yes. So top six in Kansas City, and now we go and see what happens at the state. Okay. So that's a big deal. It's a really big deal. And I imagine that that um, is something that if, if people um, if people didn't believe me that you were an amazing teacher and human, <laughs> now you got the credentials to oh, back goodness. it up. But no, it's just, it is a really a big honor, and I'm sure a big commitment. And so um, thank you for being you and impacting so many people's lives. Thank mm. you for noticing. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Okay, so that's a little bit of an intro for me, but what do you, is there anything else that you wish our audience knew about you? I know you have amazing boys and your family and all the things. Oh so my, what do you want people to know about you? Oh my goodness. Yes, I have two amazing boys. They're 13 and, no, 14 now, 14 mm-hmm. and nine, four and a half years apart. Um, I met my husband at Lisa my North High School in the music department. Yes. And um, I've been in Lee Summit now for, this will be my 19th year. So um, spent seven years at elementary level and then went up to middle school. And that's where I've just found my, my niche, I think. So so fun. Yeah. Yeah. I can see you great at the elementary level too, but you do get middle schoolers. Yeah. You get that. Like you get their energy and... Oh, they're crazy and fun. And fun. I laugh yeah. every day and they drive me crazy every day. Yeah. It's awesome. Right? <laughs> That's it. That's it. That's amazing. Okay. Well, thank you for telling us a little more. Yes. Um, so we use this framework of these questions and I can't wait to ask you this first question. Okay. What are you thankful for in your life right now? Um, okay. So many things. <laughs> I'm thankful for my own kids. I'm thankful that I get to watch them grow up and... 
see their interests change and explore and watch what I hope will become passions for them. Um, gosh, I mean, four and a half years apart, there's, they can be challenging <laughs> at times. Of course they're arguing and they're just in different places, mm. but they also are uniquely and beautifully different and it's just fun to watch them grow into, you know, the humans that they are. So, yeah. Um, I'm thankful for my husband, especially I'm just noticing things lately. I love that I get hugs at the end of the day when he comes home from work. Um, I love that he grounds me because I'm kind of like spazzy and high energy. (laughs) And when I get overwhelmed and too in my head about things, he's good about just like telling me to take the baby steps and, you know, just bringing me back, you know, back down and grounding me. So I really appreciate that. And I love when he comes home from his shifts at the hospital and brings me blackberry coconut lattes from Gusto. That's very thoughtful. (laughs) Very, very thoughtful. So I know that's like a little thing, but I'm thankful for that because those little things add up to be big things. Absolutely. um, What else? I'm thankful for my faith that I have a God who walks with me through this whole journey. Um, I'm thankful for my parents and his parents who are so supportive of us and our kids. And they come to all the things Mm -hmm. and... You know, my mom has been editing essays for me. I call her the grammar queen. But, I mean, we just have such a strong support system. Mm. And I'm so thankful for that. Um, I'm thankful for friendships. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, The kind that build you up. The kind that make you want to be a better person and be there for them. Mm. Um, And I'm thankful for a job that makes me laugh and drives me crazy. And that's different every day. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you don't ever get the same thing twice, no, really, ever, no, do you? No, Lots of variables. But yes, I just, there's so, so I could go on forever, I feel like, about yeah. how many things to be thankful for. And I think that's something that we all have to question of ourselves just to get us thinking about those things. Yeah. And recognizing, I try so hard to recognize the little things throughout my day yeah. that are the little joy pieces. Yeah. <laughs> That, I mean, that's, it's, it's interesting because I think, um, gratitude and appreciation, noticing it's, it's a nice thing. It's sweet. Right. So like mm-hmm. no one's ever said to me, like your company's dumb because no. that's mean, that's dumb. Nobody likes that. No, it's of course a nice thing. Right. But then what I always like want to go one step further with is it's not just a feel good thing. It's mm-hmm. an effective strategy. Absolutely. When you're going to be a person of excellence, <laughs> you've got to have that support and those, all those little things Without that, a doubt. or you can't, you can't keep going. Mm-hmm. So it really is both a, a feel good thing and a, a strategy. Absolutely. It changes your mindset. It does. It does. Well, and that leads into uh, the next question, which is how do you create a positive mindset for yourself? Well, look at that. What a lead in. <laughs> what a lead in. What a lead in. Um... I tell myself every morning, especially if I'm overwhelmed, that it's just a new day, that there's new possibilities. Yeah. Um, that today's not going to be the same as yesterday. I give a lot of hugs and I typically have a little conversation with God. Um, and I oftentimes will play a song that either <laughs> pumps me up. Yeah. Where I'm totally jamming, especially if in my car on the way to work. And I'm like, okay, this is my empowering song. I can face, you know, 300 middle schoolers today in my classroom and it's going to be awesome. Or 
I'm completely overwhelmed and I just need that song that's like peace. Yeah. Like you've got this. So that's an important piece though that I think um you you didn't say but I hear in that is that you have enough self-awareness to know what you need that day, mm-hmm. which I think is huge. I think for a lot of people it's like um, without some strategy, it's like they're in their day before they know, did I need the peaceful song or the pump me up song, you mm-hmm. know? Like, and so I love that you are practicing that self-awareness. Yeah. Cause a lot of times we, and I think in education, it's like the word self-love is or self-care is a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. not, it's not the favorite word right now. Right. Because there's, how do you have time and space for that? But I think what's interesting about self-care is a lot of times people forget that self-awareness has to come before self-care. Or you can't give yourself what you need. It's so true. So I love that you've incorporated so that like pause mm-hmm. of like, wait, what kind of music do I need this morning? Right. And I think that's huge. Mm-hmm. Sets a tone. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I guess, let's see, a positive mindset. I try to set boundaries and I've learned more about setting boundaries the more I, I mean, the older I get, the more yeah. I'm in my job. Um, I tend to just be all in and all in is great but all in sometimes if you're too all in meaning you're putting too much on your plate you're Mm -hmm. being too picky you're being like I'm I'm a perfectionist to a fault and so sometimes I just have to set the boundary like okay I'm just gonna leave it at school today I'm just gonna go home and be present with my kids tonight and be present with my husband and be with them because I'm a mom first and the, my kids need me. Yeah. So, you know, and and sometimes it's a boundary with what I have to say yes or no to. And I want to say yes to everything because I want to make people happy. Yeah. And I want to support people and love yeah. on people. But sometimes that will come at a cost if I'm not yeah. clear with what I'm actually capable of doing. Because as much as I like to think I'm superwoman, I'm not superwoman. Well, and woman. here's the thing. You kind of are <laughs> as long as you set those boundaries. Yeah. The second you don't, though, then it's like wisdom tells you, like, okay, I'm not going to be able to do me. Right. If I could take on one more thing. Right. But, but you really are superwoman as long as you, you can do that. I try. You get it's a lot done. It's one of the done. hardest things I do, but I try. You do. That's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. And what an example that I think you set for other people in your industry and just kids in general. I mean, kids right now are taking, I'm watching my own kids. It's, they're taking on so much. Oh, yes. So it's a it's definitely a life skill. It is. That boundary piece. To set boundaries, to, to know, and I try to instill this in my students at school, and I don't even know if I'm that good at it, when I, even with my own children at home, but just knowing that you don't have to be perfect. Yeah. Like, you just be the best version of you that you can be, but perfection is kind of a myth. Like, it doesn't have to There's be There's a perfect. time and place for it. There is, and there... And in the mistakes is when we learn. Like yeah. we grow from those. And yeah. if if we're always concerned about the perfection, where, where are we get? <laughs> yeah, you know. And I still strive for it. Don't uh, get me wrong. Like so, I'm still yeah. like, oh, you know, I want, I want, I want this to sound like this in choir. I want this song to sound like this, or mm-hmm. I really want this to happen, or this. It well, but it can sometimes go be over the top, and then you have to realize that we're human. And, yeah. So the interesting, like, uh, awareness, and this is personal, um, I haven't really even incorporated it in training yet, mm-hmm. so we'll see. Sometimes that happens where I'll, I'll sit with something long enough that I'm like, oh, this is good to share mm-hmm. the masses. But um, 
regarding perfection for me, one thing that's struck me recently, an indicator for me, if my response to myself is mean because I didn't do something well enough, that needs to be paid attention to. Because mm. I would never talk to you like that. You know? And right. so Jamie oftentimes in, in training for I Am Notice will say, um, she learned a really valuable lesson in about middle school. A teacher said to her, are you as kind to yourself as you are to other people? And oh that was goodness. huge for her. Yes. And I have started partnering that with the perfection piece for myself because I call myself a recovered perfectionist. Mm-hmm. And and like recovering anything else, it's got to be on vigilant. Intentional. Yeah. <laughs> got to be intentional. Oof. And so, but like if I catch myself and, and we were joking about, um, you know, if, you, if you're doing something, um, so I was learning to throw this Nerf football, dumb, mm-hmm. dumb example, but it, truly I was trying to make it spiral like a real football, you mm-hmm. know, but I was ridiculous. Couldn't, couldn't awesome. get figured out. And then I heard myself in my head, like, geez, Amy, like, where'd that come from? And why should I be an expert at spiraling a football? I have not done this before or right. for a while and certainly not with this ball. Why would I be mean to myself for not doing it well? And I, so I've just started paying attention to that voice when it doesn't sound like the normal kind me. Mm-hmm. I think that is when perfectionism maybe needs to be toned down a bit. Yes, I love that It just that didn't match reality. Right. Right. And I would never, it wouldn't be an effective strategy for a child. No. You wouldn't be like, hey, why didn't you? Right. What's wrong with you? (laughs) You wouldn't talk to a kid like that. Because it wouldn't help them learn. Right. And just finding the root of that. I mean, I recently had to write an article for a, like a choir magazine and I wrote about imposter syndrome and just feeling like somebody's going to figure out that I don't know what I'm doing one of these days. Right. I'm like, why am I telling myself that? I have two degrees you in know music what education. And like, you're always and learning because... I am. I'm always learning yeah. and I'm always growing. And am I, am I perfect at everything when it comes to my field? Absolutely not. I know I have so many areas to grow and it's unreal. But that whole like just negative self-talk of, you know, I'm an imposter. They're going to figure out that I don't know what I'm doing one of these days. You know, it doesn't have a, a real, a, a real voice. No, it, it shouldn't, but no. it does. I shouldn't say it doesn't have a real voice, right. but it, 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 it shouldn't right. really, cause it's not true. No. Yeah. But exactly. it, but it can be powerful. So, <laughs> exactly. okay. So that may lead into this third question. We've got some good setups going on. Great How time. do you take time to notice the goodness in yourself and others? Um, is the third question. That's a big question too. It is. And I, when thinking about this, because you gave me the question so I could look them over, which I appreciated, um, it was so easy for me to type how I notice goodness in others, yeah. but so hard to figure out how I notice goodness in myself. Yeah. So. Um, That's really common. I think I notice the goodness in me the most when I'm teaching my students how to show empathy and goodness and love. Like when mm. I'm teaching others that. Oh, I can um, feel that. Yeah. Um, at school, I usually do this by giving, I call them TED Talks with Mrs. Mm-hmm. Dawn. <laughs> because it'll be in the middle of class and something like random will happen. Um, like earlier this year, it, the big rise was these negative TikTok challenges. Yeah. Right? And these kids in various schools around the country were basically destroying their schools. They were, you know, ripping things off the walls and just so many different things. They were stealing things and... And hurting teachers. Yeah, and and just, it was crazy, right? Yeah. But 
a kid, I heard a kid talking about one of them and then something had happened in our building with like a sink or something and a bunch of paper towels and, and then some salad tongs like disappeared from the cafeteria or something. And I was like, what? Okay. Can we have a conversation? We're just kind of a little mini Ted talk of Mrs. Dawn. Like, yeah. Let's talk about what it means to have school pride. Yeah. And like, seriously, what does that look like? Yeah. Are you are you happy to come to a school that's taken care of? Are you happy to come to school and and be with other kids in a positive environment? Yeah. You know, do you want our school to be ruined? What do you do when you see something like that happen? Yeah. You know, like if you need salad tongs that badly, I will go buy you some happily. Yeah. You know, if you need a, if you need soap, don't steal the soap dispenser. I'll buy you that too. I will do it. <laughs> like but don't like tear down the the yeah. the pride that we have to to be in this space to yeah. learn. Yeah. You know, and the kids, you know, when we talked about what does it mean to what does it mean to like do a TikTok challenge? What is really the goal of that? Well, the goal of that is so you have a platform for people to look at you and see you, right? Mm-hmm. You can be seen without that. You're not going to make money off of your video on TikTok because you ruined something and defaced something at school. You're going to earn value by being around other people who build you up. You know? So it's like, gosh, so cool. It's, but it's in those moments, I'm like, this is, this is really like literally who I am. It's like, let's, yes. let's talk it out. Like, and let's not ignore it. And let's not pretend like, oh, well, you know, I know I, I get it. I teach music and I'm, mm. but more importantly, I teach life. Like, and if, yes. if we can't be good people, like, <laughs> what are we doing? What are we doing? So really that's, that's what I want kids to take away at the end of the day. Like I want them to learn music and the value of it. And I want them to know the meaning of it because the meaning of it often transpires to life as well. Yes. But I just want them to be good people. Yeah. So like, and I recognize that that's something, and this has taken some years that I'm good at that. Like yes. I'm good at stopping and having real conversations. And a lot of the times the kids will go, wow, Miss Dawn, like that. That, that really hit me. That really hit that me today. Deep. And I'm like, good. That's good. I'm yeah. like, then you go out there and you affect change. Yes. You start talking about it. You notice what's going on. Yeah. Like, <laughs> And those ripples, I think, in education, I, I, we're always saying this, like, it for, for a teacher, you don't always see where those ripples are going to go. Right. They're exponential. And you can have a kid who was part of a Mrs. Don TED Talk that 12 years later does things different in their family, at their job. Oh, in I their so. life, because I don't know for sure why, but I loved Mrs. Dawn, and I, re- I kind of remember us talking about this. Yeah. It doesn't, you know, so so you have had an interesting thing there, and I, I don't want to say too much about it, because I want you to answer the rest of the question about noticing goodness in others, because I know you're so good at that. But you hit on an interesting thing for me. When you say that it took you some time, and you can see that you're good at having those conversations, that those that matter, and, and, and the timing of those. What I hear, and I don't want to put anything, words in your mouth, no, but good. what I hear is you probably do more of that because you know you're good at that. And that's the cool thing about noticing anyway. When I say the world is better when people get noticed, it's because people show up in a different way when they know that who they are matters. And you've done that for yourself. You've cultivated in yourself an, an appreciation for or respect for that you're good at that 
and that that's making a difference. And because of that, you're more likely to do it. Mm-hmm. Even if you sure. don't have time to do it. Right. Even if it doesn't fit. <laughs> right. You know? But hold on, this is important. Right. And so I really think it's it's interesting because a lot of times noticing goodness in self, the rub or the, the resistance I get to it is people will say, but I'm humble. Or I, yeah, that's hard for me. I'm humble. I don't really like to do that. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, it's not vanity that I'm asking people to tap into. And uh, except for I, I did just do an interview with Trish Carlisle and she really does have a, bu- a big um, billboard in town because she's running for public right. office. But I usually say to people, you don't have to take out a billboard and tell the world how awesome you are. What I'm asking you to do is be humbly grateful for who you are because you know you contribute. Because if you can notice that, then you will do more of it. Mm, and and so that's I what that. I heard you. I don't know if, I, if my words no, that's beautiful. line up with yeah. what you feel about that. It's not you saying, I'm the best at TED Talks. No. I'm a rock star. Everyone should love me. (laughs) It's you tapping into the gifts you've been given, Mm -hmm. being grateful for those so that you can keep using them to impact the world around you. And I just think that's so beautiful. Thank you. So that's how I see that. I love that. So I kind of, I kind of took half your question. I no, that's don't want to get you off your question though, because I know you're great at noticing the goodness in others too. Yeah. And, um, can you talk to that just a little bit? Like, how do you do that? I try daily to give as many sincere compliments as I can. And when I say sincere compliments, I think it's easy to give the compliment that is exterior based. Mm-hmm. It's easy to say, your hair looks beautiful today. You are beautiful. Yeah. It's easy to say that. It's harder to give the compliment based on someone's internal, mm-hmm. their character and what they do on it, you know, in an, the ins and outs of their day. And I think sometimes with teenagers, as I'm working with middle school kids, so much, they want to fit in so much and they want to belong so much. But so much of that is external. Mm. You know, it's how do I look? Is, you know, mm-hmm. is does everything look right? Am I wearing the right thing? Am I mm. saying the right thing? And so I just feel like they need, they need people to notice mm-hmm. what they're doing that is truly character building and building their self-esteem in that way yeah you know so like who you really are right this is who you are I loved that you just included that other kid in your group yeah I love that you always say good morning Miss Dawn and have a nice day Miss Dawn you always greet me on the way and, and you thank me I had a kid last year who every day at the end of class thanked me at the end of class I'm like what like, like, yes, you know, but I recognize that and it was sincere. It wasn't like, it yeah. wasn't fake. It wasn't, it was completely like, thank you. Yeah. I appreciate that. This matters this, to this, me. Like this was a good class yeah. and I want them to know that that mattered, that they yeah. showed that like appreciation. That was, that, that's just so important to who yeah. they are. So, yeah. um, giving those affirmations to build self-esteem, um, what else? I want to make people feel celebrated and appreciated. And in my job, that means that I view our whole staff as one big team. Yeah. I don't think anyone is above or below necessarily anyone else, but we all are like the inner workings yeah. of making everything happen. And there are a lot of people who 
are kind of behind the scenes of what I do. You know, when I have 10,000 questions of the secretaries and they're doing paperwork for me behind they're the scenes. They're amazing. So, you know, or I'm talking to the custodians going, okay, can we set up this gym in a completely different way? And can you help me? I need these these aisles here and I need about I need the risers about here. And, <laughs> you know, and I'm trying to talk them through this. And they're doing all these things behind the scenes that sometimes they think get overlooked because they're either not seen or you know, people come into a concert and they sit down. Like they don't yeah. think about necessarily how everything absolutely had to happen to make that concert happen. It's all those little details. So I want to celebrate people and I want to notice people and appreciate people. And sometimes that's their favorite snack or their favorite, you know, like, you know, pop beverage or whatever. And sometimes it's a handwritten note. And sometimes it's the music department, you know, grabbing our ukuleles and singing songs in the office of the secretaries or making food for the custodians you know, making a meal or some, just something just to just show appreciation and love. Yeah. So that people feel, you know, like they were all part of the same team. Yeah. So I love your sincerity there and your intentionality and just your investment in people. Yeah. It's that. And truly I learned it. I mean, I learned it watching my mom. You know, she, every summer I watched her, we would help her. Like my sister and I would grab the food and we'd all go up to the high school and we'd all set out the, the dinner, you know, or the lunch for the custodial staff. And, you know, just that instilling that people mm. and what they do for you yeah. should be like recognized and loved on. Yeah. You know, and, and some, it doesn't really take that much time to just be intentional yeah. about that. I think it feels like it can, you know, oh, absolutely. because especially and and certainly right now there's a sense of like the plate is overflowing there's oh my no gosh, room yes. on the plate mm-hmm. and and i and i'm i'm fatigued there's a, so much fatigue yes you know i mean Jamie and i just did a podcast uh, episode for um for real life positivity called i am tired and it seems like mm. something we would never do <laughs> but that has become the number one response of people when you say how are you doing i'm tired i'm tired and it's a genuine like <laughs> fatigue like i'm just exhausted by all of this over the last few years. Right. And so it's like, how do I have time to make a meal or buy a snack? Or, mm-hmm. But here's one thing that I think to tie back when we were talking about self-care earlier, you have to be able to pause and be self-aware first. To take care of people, you have to have been paying attention to know, okay, because is it really that big of a deal when you're at the gas station to pick up an extra candy for somebody? Maybe not, but not if you've not been paying attention because then you got to send them a text and figure out what kind they like and right. all the things. But if you just pay attention, it does make that momentum easier, I think. Right. Um, oh, I could just do this little thing here or there. It makes yes. it easier. And, so. and finding, I think too, it's about finding wh- what time works for you. Like That's a I still great take, point. I still take that meal to the custodial staff, but I often take it in the middle of summer. I know that that's a time where I can appreciate them and they are still working hard at school. Um, and then during the year, it might be a handwritten note. It may not be the full meal. Or even just a quick thank you. Yes, something. It's like, like it does it, there's only so many hours in right, the day. Right, like, I just appreciate you guys so much. I want you to know yeah. how much I appreciate you. Yeah, um, yeah it's... It's intentionality with time too, I love because that. there isn't there isn't enough time to yeah. do all of the things. If I, I mean, I wish I had all the time in the world to recognize all the goodness around me all of the time. Yeah, and write the notes and do all of you know. Yeah, do all the things. All the things. That, I feel the same way. You know, I do. But yes, it's true. So. Okay, what kindness have you noticed lately? Okay, so little things and big things. As I was thinking through this. Um, my husband fell asleep 
on the couch. And my son just walked over and put a blanket over him. And it was just the sweetest moment. And the fact that he noticed that and thought, I'm going to take care of my dad, Mm -hmm. just made me so happy. Yeah. You know, I'm like, look at you. Look at you. Nine-year-old, good for you. You know, I'm like, but those, I love seeing those things. Um, People, oh my gosh, there's this Facebook group. It's a, uh, what is it called? Like an Adopt an LSR7 Teacher Facebook group. Okay. It's like an unofficial Facebook group. And all these teachers, like the, it started with a group of parents, I believe, who just wanted to love on teachers and wanted to know what teachers needed. And so they started this group and teachers post their Amazon wish lists. I'll have to get a link and put it in the comments on this. That they want that. And and that's hard for teachers too. I'm not going to lie. It's hard for me to put out there. Oh, these are the things that I would like to have. Right. Because that feels, it feels like you're asking for Mm. more. That's hard. For me. Okay. But I also recognize that I have had parents that have asked, like, how can I help you? What can I do? Like, and it's hard to just welcome them in and say, like, hey, can you put up this bulletin board? Like, it doesn't, the timing doesn't always work out. But, and and sometimes our budgets just don't allow. Like, I spend so much of my money on the music, the actual music for my kids, Mm -hmm. that oftentimes the other little things, I will go out and be like, okay, I'm at the store. I'm going to buy post-its, pens, and notebooks or whatever I need for the school year. Or, oh, I'd love to have, like, I think on my wish list right now is Play-Doh. Like, I'd love to have some Play-Doh because it's this activity we're going to do with rhythm and we're going to break the Play-Doh. Right? But I have these ideas. And, like, sometimes I just will go and I'll spend a bunch of money on that stuff out of my own pocket. Mm -hmm. And... And I'm okay with that. But when a parent now says, hey, how can I help you? I really want to get you something. It's nice to say, hey, you know, check out my wish list. And I hope that's not disingenuous. I don't think it is at all. I think it's actually like it feels so good to be able to give when you can, when it makes sense. And to know what somebody would would actually serve. I mean, it feels so good both ways, you know. Right. And when, and when when those items arrive and you see the little tag that shows you who gifted that to you, it's this like beautiful humbling moment of, wow, Wow. like you took the time to gift me with this thing that was going to be needed in my classroom this year. That's a huge thing. That's so cool. Right? So like, it's just so kind and it's so giving and we have such an, like a supportive community, Yeah, you know, that... I think a lot of teachers, even though it feels a little awkward, it's like, okay, well, get over yourself. You know, you have parents who will support you, yeah. and that's it's just such a beautiful thing. So, uh, you know, like in the I Am Notice cycle, receiving is the fourth practice, oh, and it is the yeah. thing for educators that we have, really it, it can break the whole thing down. It's a cycle. Oh my Without gosh, it, it doesn't yes. keep going. But receiving is so challenging because we are genuinely, you know, as people a lot of us are givers and then it's like yeah but I don't okay but if you don't receive it blocks it and you know it doesn't let that other person notice you and so it's like hold on so I do think there's that's very common in the line of work yes it's common I think for nurses and it is and police officers and it absolutely you know like when when we're service oriented a lot of times it's easier to give than receive but I love that you're seeing that and seeing um I guess the ease of it for people too, mm-hmm. for those who can do it and, and who have done it, it's probably not the, it's, it's just something they can do. Right. It's not, and they don't, you don't need have to feel bad about it because right. they're just wanting to do something. And they something. don't need their whole list 
purchase. Right. You. That's not what they need. You know, and, 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 and it may not, and it may be they don't get their whole list purchased and that's fine. Yeah. But the fact that you bought that one book that that kids get to read in their classroom. That's so year, cool. Like, that's awesome. I love so, that. So that's so cool. Um, we'll share a link. What else? I have a hard time asking for help. <laughs> and as of late, I've had amazing coworkers um, who've stepped up to help me. Uh, friends that have stepped up to help me with, you know, creating this teacher of the year video with trying to guide me in, you know, figuring out what to say for this huge speech I have to give soon. Um, writing letters of support for me. Like I've been completely just humbled and overwhelmed by just the words mm. alone. And in this process, gosh, I'm getting ready to go pretty deep, I guess. Um, my mom and my grandmother have been educators. I've watched them. I've grown and learned from them over the course of my life. But my mom has taught here in Lee Summit. Mm-hmm. I grew up here in Lee Summit. My grandma taught at my elementary school. She pulled a couple of my teeth in second grade, you know, like at school. <laughs> that is awesome. <laughs> um, but, you know, in middle school, my mom was my principal. And uh, I'm not going to lie, there are some beautiful things about having your parent as a principal in your building. But there are also some struggles. And one of those struggles is the association with, well, you got that award because your mom's a principal. Or you got that role in the musical or that mm. solo because your mom's a principal. And I heard those words as a child and I internalized them, right? Mm -hmm. So coming back to teach in the district and getting my first job here, absolutely, it's, you know, oh, well, she probably got that job because her mom's, Mm -hmm. you know, her mom was a teacher in the district for so many years and everyone knows her mom, you know, and I'm proud of my mom. I'm proud of who she is and all the things that she has done for our community and, and I've learned so, so much from her. But having that in the back of my head mm-hmm. for so long. Mm-hmm. So when I came to this point where I am in the top 15 for Lee Summit Teacher of the Year, I'm like, wow, I'm in the top 15? That's crazy. Like, there's no way they would ever, like, give me Teacher of the Year. Like, there's just, I just didn't think there was any possible way. Like, the ties of my mom in the community, I just don't know what that's going to look like. And so when it happened and they announced that I was, I was completely overwhelmed because I didn't think it was going to happen. And then I started looking at all of the Facebook posts and all these people who are commenting. And I just had this moment where I just sat and cried because all of these people who are commenting are like parents of former students. And so many of them are former students. Sorry. I'm like tearing up. Like, all these people who have been in the course of my 18-year career, the ins and outs of it, yes, some of them are people in the community, and yes, some of them know my mom or are friends with my mom or whatever, but so many of them were my students or parents of my students. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I just had this moment of realizing, like, this happened because of who I am in my career, you know? And my mom was a huge influence in that. And that's a beautiful thing. But also owning mm-hmm. that my career has led to this mm-hmm. and that, you know, that I can be worthy of this honor is just, like, huge, huge. for me. It was kind of like this, like, 
light you know light yeah. bulb went on and this, yeah whoa you know yeah this this really has been my career so I um met your mom way after I met you so I think your mom's lovely I, yeah. I love, I've had some great conversations <laughs> with your mom about yeah. um her passion for for the community oh and my kids goodness. and huge um but I I I know Holly Dawn first that's so interesting and then yeah she. so like <laughs> It's so it's so um, interesting. I think anytime the the veil's pulled back and and we get to see somebody m- maybe more who they are, mm-hmm. we can learn a little bit. I I can't even tell you how like my brain has to try to figure out what you just said. Like what? Wait a minute. What do you mean you didn't think it was you? I've watched you <laughs> and only known that you know. Right. So, but I but I think it's really um, true and. I feel like this is the kind of moment, like, sometimes you can hear Oprah say, like, this is a tweetable moment. I think this is a moment in this conversation that I can imagine our community listening to and somebody going, well, this is my thing. Like, I've been, my whole life, I've had this in the back of my mind. Mm -hmm. And wait, maybe it's not that. Maybe I am worthy. Right. And and I really, I don't know what that is going to be for everybody, but I think that's probably true for a lot of people. Sure. That we carry kind of a voice sometimes that says like, mm, am I really worthy of this or should I notice this goodness or is it because of this other thing or, and kind of, I, I, I guess my, my wish, my hope for everybody would be that they get an opportunity to see their own reflection. Oh, I hope so. Because Truly. it's just such a. Because that little voice, those little voices that happened yeah. when I was a kid that stuck with me. Yeah. Like. It, it was just this, like, breath of fresh air. Yeah. Like, to recognize. Absolutely. Absolutely. So. Okay, Holly. So I have had the privilege of seeing your passion for teaching and your passion for your students and your passion for supporting your colleagues. Passion is just a great word to describe you. It, it just is so true. And so um, can you tell me more about why you're so passionate about teaching especially middle school students. I know that's a that's a thing for pe- some people. That's their thing. And some people are like, oh, I could never do that. So tell me about oh, that. Oh, my goodness. That passion. Okay, so I'm going to start pretty broad subject area, and then I'm going to kind of... Perfect. I love that. Yeah. So music specifically, I'm passionate about it because I know that I can teach life lessons through music. Mm. So um, there are a couple of songs that I've done over the years. One is called C.C. Nemoja. It's by Jacob Narva Red. And the lyrics to the song are, we all laugh, we all cry, we all feel hunger, we all feel pain. Um, we're one world, one people. Mm. And we all breathe the same. Um, a tribe of many languages, a group of many heartaches, fighting for peace among the land. Ugh. And it says... Um, the chorus is CC Nemoja, and it repeats it. And the last three words are, we are one, right? And it's just this beautiful way of helping kids to see the similarities mm-hmm. with that they have with their peers, but also appreciate the differences mm-hmm. and kind of get over ourselves <laughs> and, re, you know, and get over themselves in, re, yeah. in regards to, you know, when we're young and we first start noticing that people are different than us. And somewhere along the way, we lose our footing and we start making those differences not so great anymore. Yeah. When they just need people to point out to them that 
differences are beautiful too. <laughs> you yeah. Know, you can learn so much from being different than another person. So yeah. And that you don't have to be exactly like somebody yes. to get along with them or, yes. you know, there's a lot of that right now. I think that divisiveness, like you're yes. us and them and it's like, yes. hold on. So I love what you're saying. Music allows you to teach not just music, but the life lessons. Right. So it, it ends up being that we go through this journey with one song and we talk about the lyrics and we talk about the differences and the similarities. We talk about in that one choir, how many differences we have. Yeah. And how that makes us who we are. Like we're one choir, but we have all these different personalities and different, you know, different races and different wants and needs and just so many different things mm. about each of these kids but we all come together as one and then when they end up singing it it really comes from inside them it comes from mm. it comes from that those conversations and learning through that mm. and then they emote and it's like they're just singing from their souls they're like this is this is how this is what we learned yeah you know and then they give that gift to the yeah. audience and it makes it that much more meaningful. So yeah. there's another song that I loved doing over the years called I lived. It's by one Republic. Yes. And, um, the music video for that song is about a boy who lives with cystic fibrosis and we watched the, the video and the kids are just like in awe of this teenage boy who is basically saying like, yes, I have this medical challenge and it's not easy. It's hard. Some days it's harder than others. Some days it's downright miserable, but I'm going to choose every day to live life to its fullest, that I'm yes. not going to hold back, that I'm going to go skydiving and I'm going to ride my bike with friends and I'm going to go to this, you know, One Republic rock concert and rock out. And like, <laughs> That's awesome. You know, and it just gives my kids, I think, not only a greater empathy for those who have medical challenges, but I think, I think that's important that they feel that. Um, but learning about the good days and the bad days and how to appreciate life and how choosing to, to show up, like, yeah, just choosing to continue on and yeah. push forward even when times get hard. And I think that's something that's kind of missing right now. I think it's a struggle for kids and even adults is just having coping skills. Like they just need coping skills. And so to to be able to give music to them as one of their coping skills and another way for them to connect to their community and their peers and the world at large, like that's a big deal. It's a really big deal. <laughs> so yeah. Um. So that's that's a huge reason why I'm so passionate about it is because I know oftentimes the music that I choose and I do that purposefully yeah. is to give them that avenue to make connections. Yeah. Um. I think the other reason that middle school has really worked for me and it's kind of crazy because it just kind of transpired. I swore when I first began my career, I'm like, I will never teach middle school. Like that is that scary age that I just don't even want to touch. Like I'll either go to high school or go to really? elementary, but I will not teach middle school. See, I've only known you in that space. So for me, I was like, oh, she's in her sweet spot. Right. And that's your so zone. I taught elementary for like seven years. And at the end of that, I was like, okay, I'm really relating to these older kids. This is so bizarre. And I went on a music trip with the Campbell Middle School Choir because she needed some extra help one year. Um, and I loved it. I'm like, what is it with these kids? Like, what is it about this that I'm so drawn to right now? And so I just, I tried it. And I, in my interview for middle school, I'm like, I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. I swear I would never do this. 
you know, but for some reason, I just feel like I can make this huge difference. Like I'm just very moved right now to try mm-hmm. to figure out how I can affect them. And the conversations I was having with those older kids, I was noticing their, their wheels turning. Uh-huh. I'm like, something I'm saying is resonating with them. Like this is, this, this has to be something I need to like dig deeper into mm-hmm. because it's working for these older kids. So I came to middle school and I found out really quickly that it was the best thing I could have done. I mean, yes, it was challenging. And the, especially that first year, there were times I wanted to run for the hills. I'm like, <laughs> what was I thinking? You know, and I was taking things so personally. You know, with mm. middle school kids, they're one day they are happy and they love you. And the next day they hate you and are mean. And I'm like, what the, like, what did I do yesterday? You liked me, <laughs> like, you know, but just getting out of my own way and realizing it had nothing to do with me. It's yeah. everything to do with how they grow up and how they think and their hormones and what happened at home that morning and so many different scenarios. Right. Yeah. So I've just learned to just, love them through the process and not like, I'm not going to take offense when you get all sassy with me, you know, (laughs) I'm just going to love you through the process and let's, let's see where we are, you know? So, um, they're trying to figure out who they are and somehow I'm able to help with that. They need adults to support them because they're quirky Mm -hmm. because they're trying to find themselves and they do silly things and they do stupid things and they do amazing things. And, um, they need people who are going to build up their confidence. I feel like that is maybe one of my number one responsibilities mm-hmm. that I've put on myself is just build their confidence, build their confidence, yeah. build their confidence because they're so insecure. There's so much to question. Right. It's, it's such right. a massive amount of information mm-hmm. and trying to learn so much and, yes. and so many variables. And so um, just having that, I kind of, my, the word picture I'm imagining in my mind, and, and I don't know if you'll re- resonate with this, is like a lighthouse. Mm-hmm. You're kind of like holding this place for them, and they can come to you. Yes. They can see you. They're going to maybe be floundering around from time to time, mm-hmm. and maybe smooth sailing from time to time. Right. But you're you saying, this is a safe place for you to come and learn music. Right. More importantly, maybe, or as importantly, learn life. Absolutely. And and I believe in you and, and whatever that looks like will, right. you know, and so you just kind of hold that place maybe for them. Yes. And, and I'm thinking maybe even about my own kids and their experiences with you, like your place, your room was a safe place mm-hmm. to come. Doesn't mean there wasn't times where it was hard or that oh, right. it wasn't crazy or, sure. but it wasn't, there was no question right. about if it was. Yeah. Safe I, if, if you had that, their best yes. interest at, yes. at heart, and that's and like so, from day one. Easy I mean, to easier to build confidence in a space like that, right? That you can trust versus mm-hmm. like I don't know how this is gonna you know. Right, if this person really likes me or sure. really is gonna be there for me. Sure, you know, and when when the voice crack happens, you yeah, know, and me talk, telling the other kids like it's okay, like this is yeah, you know, it's a beautiful thing. This yeah. is supposed to happen. It means yeah. they're, this means they're trying and they're doing the right thing and eventually it's going to settle in. But that moment when the voice crack mm. happens that's so uncomfortable for that kid, if yeah. they know that everyone else in the class is not going to make a big deal of it and they're going to go, hmm, okay. And we just keep going. We just keep moving on. It's yeah. so much less awkward for that kid. That's so awesome. Right? Um, but telling them, like, my in my four walls of my room, like they're safe to be exactly who they are. And they need to value each other for those differences. Yeah. And even the kid, because there's going to be that kid in class who's annoying them, who they're frustrated with, whether it's because of behavior issues or whether they're just awkward in social conversation or whatever it is. But like 
find the good thing about that kid and just love on that. And that's partially my responsibility too, to show them that. Like, did you notice that he just did blah, 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 or that she, you know, this is what she said. That's a beautiful thing right there. Let's, let's latch onto that thing. Yeah. You know, because that's why I know you're such a, I mean, I've witnessed you be such a great noticer, but it's you noticing those things that you really grow in people. They want to, they want to grow them Mm -hmm. because you've noticed them and you've said that's, that's a cool thing that, that matters, that's contributing. And, um, then I think it's like, there's an attraction to that. There's a magic in that. Well, and I think too, that the kids need, and I'm working on this myself truly, but the kids need you to seed them. And, you know, a kid will come up to my desk and I'm on my computer, right? Because like the bell, you know, is about to ring and I'm like, oh my gosh, I got to, I got to put in attendance or I got to check this or, or whatever I'm doing. And I purposely put this sticker right here that says be present mm-hmm. because when a kid says, Mrs. John, and all they want to do is tell me a story about their cat or, <laughs> like, yeah. or what they did that weekend or like some random story, you know, they just want you to see them and they want you to hear them. So me lowering my screen and looking right at them like, yes, awesome. I love that you told me that. Thank you for sharing me that. Like, just look at them. Like they need to be seen by people, you know? And I think that's part of our world right now is digging into looking Mm -hmm. at screens and we get distracted and we don't push into looking in each other's eyes and being intentional about that. So, you know, I think that's a big, huge part of my job. Um, just trying to make a difference. What else? Um, oh my gosh. Some kids have to learn. I was thinking about this girl the other day. Sometimes they have to learn to trust you and that's not an instantaneous Mm. trust. Mm -hmm. And at the beginning of the year, it's just baby steps. Right. Mm -hmm. But There was a young girl specifically this last year who she just, and part of it was the mask was covering her lower half of her her face, but her eyes just would not connect with me. And we, I just wasn't getting through to her and I was trying and I, I'm, I feel like I'm saying the right things and I'm trying to get to know her and it's just not working. And I'm like, doggone it. I just, I just want to reach this child. How do I reach this child? Yeah. And it took calling two of her former elementary teachers and having conversations about what makes that child work. Like what makes her tick? Mm. What does she like to do? What are, you know, what are the interests that she has? What gets her excited? What makes her smile? Like it took some conversations with other adults for me to have enough in my toolbox to be like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. And I, you know, I kept pushing forward and asking questions and I started using their names. I said, now, Hey, you know, this teacher told me that you're really good at this. So we're going to try this and just, just making a little connection and making this like kind of circle around her of support. And it took a couple of months. I'm not going to lie, but finally it's just, everything changed, you know, like her eyes lit up and I could tell she was smiling under that mask. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yes, I got a smile. My day yes, is made. Yes, like, yes. I, it happened because I just wanted so badly to connect with her. Yeah. And it just, it just wasn't happening. And I mean, we got to the point where, you know, as the year progressed, I mean, she would walk down the hall and her name is in a famous musical theater song. 
So I would just sing that little lick as she'd walk down the hall and she'd really, you know, and get the yes. little grin on her face and, you know, like, okay, like this is, this is what it's about is just showing the kids that they've got adults on their side because learning more about her and learning her history, learning her story, yeah. learning her traumas from yeah. some of her past teachers. I'm like, she's just hurting yeah. and it's not me. It's not yeah. something that I'm doing wrong, but I have to show her yeah. that she can trust me. I love the um, intentionality that you put forth there. And I, I love that you give us the full, not maybe it's not the full story, but enough mm-hmm. of the story for us to see the payoff. Because yeah. I think for a lot of people, it's like trauma-informed language is uh, in education is not that foreign of a concept. I mean, I think, right. I think people get that everybody has a story. Right. I mean, that's not a super hard thing to get our heads wrapped around. But there are still, there are some with resistance. I wouldn't say a lot even, but mm-hmm. there's some, some strong resistance to like, well, but, but negative behavior or non-compliant behavior just doesn't work for me or in my classroom. Mm-hmm. And so maybe they, this person, this child does have a story, but I need them to do X, Y, and Z. Right. And there's, there is that resistance still. And, and I'm not here to rule on that. Mm-hmm. today in this conversation. Right. I have a very strong opinion about that. I don't think it's an effective strategy. Right. Because we are not in times anymore socially where we have the same um, obligation to comply. And mm-hmm. so if that student doesn't feel safe for whatever reason or doesn't feel connected for whatever reason, you can hold out all year long. Right. But the, re- <laughs> the result is going to be harder For that student and for you as a teacher. And so I thank you so much for, I guess, two things. One, sharing the story and letting us hear um, the investment. Nobody knows to thank you, the middle school choir teacher, for all that extra time and effort you put into finding out how to connect with that student. Nobody knows how long that took. Sure. Nobody knows what you did. So thank you for that. Yes. For that. But then... In addition to that, thank you for sharing that it was worth it, that the connection then made it worthwhile for the students, for you personally fueled you, Mm -hmm. but then also she could learn. You could teach her in a way you could not have taught her before. Absolutely. I think she came in not even thinking she could sing. So the fact that she left knowing that she can yeah. is beautiful. That's so cool. Like it's just a door open for her to yeah. explore. Because and who knows really where can. that'll go. Yes. And so cool. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So that's a huge thing. And and there are days, I'm not going to lie, there's so many kids. And I think that's a struggle with teachers who really invest in and truly care deeply for their students is that there are so many students and you want to help them all. Yeah. You And you want to be that adult for them. Yeah. And I think part of my journey has also been noticing that I'm not always that adult for them, but Mm -hmm. that there is another adult in the building that is their adult and that it is a team effort to support the kids. Mm. You know, when the math teacher connected with this, this kid and yes, this kid's in my choir, but that math teacher has a great relationship with Mm -hmm. them. I can also have a relationship with them, Mm -hmm. but he's got more than one person in his corner and that's his. Yeah person that he's yeah. gonna really you don't have to be all things to all people all, yes because it's it's so it's, it's so hard much. to try to do that it, it does it gets to be very overwhelming yeah. because you want to meet all their needs especially the kids who are struggling with mental health yeah and you know I will never forget the first time a student came to me and said I, I need to talk and so we just sat in my room and 
the student said, I'm, someone is hurting me. And I said, okay, can you tell me about this? I want to help you. I just need to know how to, I just need to know who's hurting you. And we're going to, we're going to go through this together. I'm going to walk with you in this. And she said, I can't tell you, but if you guess, I will not, I will confirm. So I started listing every possible person in her life from family to siblings, to teachers, to coaches, to, I mean, you name it. And I guessed it and every single one of them, it was no, 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 no. And I looked into her eyes and I realized it was her. And I said, is this you? Oh. And she said, yes. And she just cried. Oh my gosh. And she pulled up her sleeves and she had yeah. been cutting herself. And I'm like, oh honey. Like, wow. <laughs> you know, like she just needed an adult to know and care. And, you know, and I said, I know this is going to be hard for you. But this next step is going to be the walk that we have to take together. Yeah. You know, we're going to walk to guidance together. Yeah. And we're going to make that connection. And we're going to reach out to mom. And we're going to make sure that we have support for you. And... And we did, and she was seeing a, a therapist, and she came and saw the counselor, and she checked in with me daily, and and now she is a beautiful woman who is helping others in mm. the medical field, and you know it's just beautiful to know that. But all of my students don't have that, mm-hmm. um, that happy ending. Yeah. So I think that's one of the hardest parts, and something I I just want to advocate for going forward is. We need more mental health professionals. We need social workers in our building. We need our we need our counselors to feel supported and they are being bombarded right now by kids who are hurting and not just kids, staff. Staff is hurting in deep, deep ways. And there's just not enough of them mm-hmm. to help. Yes. You know? And as as teachers, you know, when you talk about being passionate about kids and loving on kids, like they just need us to show up for them. You know, <laughs> because they're just hurting so much and you, nothing prepares you for the day that you get the information that one of your students has, you know, committed suicide or has lost their battle with, with mental health. Nothing prepares you for that day. And I just don't want that for any teacher. To have to feel that yeah. because it's just gut-wrenching. Yeah. And to lose a student, you know, I've, of course, you know, I've lost student, you know, students to cancer. I've lost students to, you know, sudden issues that we yes. just had no idea were there. Um, you know, but when you have sat in a hospital with a mom and held her hand and when you've gone into the hospital room and you've sang to the kid and, mm-hmm. you know, and you've, but when you when you tried to reach a kid who is having those mental health struggles and you want so badly for them to see the value in themselves and to help them have the skills to overcome yeah. the challenge it's just so hard and so many educators are struggling with their own mental health but now supporting so many other kids who have mental health struggles and i don't want to call them issues i just i more want to call them struggles because yeah. it's it's a battle for them right now. And yeah. it's a, it's a, it's truly a battle in education and we just need help with that. And it comes back to just being passionate for kids and t- trying to give them the, their best life. I appreciate so much the humanity in your answer because I think, um, you know, there's probably going to be people who tune in and listen to this whole conversation just because they know you in, um, 
in like a, I don't know, like fangirl kind of way, but you know, like, <laughs> just like I, I, oh yeah. And I know Holly, I, I know who Holly is. She's, she's so positive. She's so joyful. And, and you are, you are fun to be around. You are a lively person. And that's, that's the draw. That's the intrigue. Like, mm-hmm. oh gosh, especially like, I don't know how she does that. I don't know how she goes to the middle school every day and is so glad to be there, you know, and happy. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it's true that I think you're authentically a happy person, a joy filled person, mm-hmm. but you can't be passionate and not understand the, um, the, the whole picture. Absolutely. And so for as joyful as you are, you've also had heartbreak and, and really see the, um, the struggles mm. and, and, and not just for a certain people, but all people. Yes. And so you're seeing it in your colleagues and you're seeing it in the families and you're seeing it in your students. And I, I think that, um, for me, it is important perspective to remember that the passion isn't just pretty. Oh my goodness. I love that. But it's true. When you're going <laughs> to notice, you're going to see it all. See it all. And, and then, and then it's, ha- that's why those strategies are so important because otherwise it's overwhelming. Otherwise, sure. and you go back to your earlier question, the early answer about setting those boundaries and about self-care and about those things um, that I hope that the people who tune in, who are listening to this, who are getting ready to go back into the classroom in August, remember it's not selfish to take care of themselves because the passion mm-hmm. is full of burdens too. Mm-hmm. It's joyful, but it's full of burdens too. Absolutely. And and so you got to be I mean, I just want to support. I want to go on your little Amazon list and I want to <laughs> love on you, you and I want to do, do all the I know I don't need to, but I want to, <laughs> I want to do all those things because it's there's so much of it that is impossible to even acknowledge or thank you for because your passion um, it's easy to see it when you're standing up leading a conference, a concert, and you're so proud of your kids. I'm like, oh, I love her, her passion. But the the knowing that you have those moments that are mm. just, I mean, heart wrenching, really. They are. And so, mm. um, thank you for all of it. Sure. The breadth of all of it. It's pretty huge. <laughs> it's it's crazy to me. And one thing that I, I want to, um, is there anything else you want to you want to say about that question? Well, I just think I, I get to do what I love, for a living. Yes. And not everyone can say that. Yeah. You know, I, I watch you do this and like, she loves that. She loves what she does. And I like, it oozes from you. I can see it in your eyes and your face and your body language. And I'm like, she loves what she does. And I've, I've, I've seen, I see people who they do their job. And I think that's great because it serves their purpose for their life and what they want for their life. But I get to like mesh what I love with what I'm doing for my career and not everyone understands that all the time. Yeah. But for me, it's a beautiful thing. It's a very beautiful. <laughs> you know? It's very I beautiful. I mean, yeah, there are, there are days. I'm not going to pretend everything's easy. There are days yeah. I want to run for the hills. Yeah. Like, like yeah. what was that? Like, today was just yeah. a mess. Yeah. You know, and, and like, you know, these last couple of years have made me question yeah. everything. And I would be lying if I wasn't with every other educator who has thought, what other career could I do? Yeah. What else could could bring me joy but also provide for my family? Yeah. Because this is hard. Yeah. It's just been so hard. Well, and you teach something that couldn't be taught virtually and disconnected the right. same way. There's right. just, I mean, nothing can. Nothing The really same can. way. No. But like literally, like, I mean, you know, I, I've had yeah. other conversations with 
um, educators in music about that. I mean, trying to bring together virtually something that is only brought together physically. Right. Um, It's a group dynamic. Yeah. It survives by... And without it, there wasn't that joy that sustains you when it's hard. Right. So it was just like, ah. How do you how do you do that? Right. Yeah. So there's there's definitely um, For sure. an acknowledgement of that time period. And I think all educators would probably agree that like <laughs> most educators will tell you, and I know some still teach virtually and they enjoy it. Yeah. So uh, you know yeah. that that's amazing. Yeah. But most educators wouldn't tell you that they would ever want to teach virtually ever sure. again. Sure. Um, I truly feel for the educators who have state tested subject areas yes and really just all educators in general with the with the dynamics of assessment anyway it makes it hard but then to know that you go into a state mandated test Mm -hmm. and you know your kids are behind and I just feel I just feel for them there's a lot you know like and every one of us I think it's hard it's easy to compare or you know oh well you teach this I teach that you know I think everyone has their own struggles in their own way mm-hmm, based mm-hmm. on what they teach. You know, for me, it's how do I push a public... I'm Everything I do is so public. Mm-hmm. Everyone sees what I do all mm-hmm. of the time. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm either going to sink or swim based on what happens in a live performance. Mm-hmm. And we only get one rehearsal to make that all happen. Mm-hmm. So that's a lot of pressure in the mm-hmm. moment. Like, mm-hmm. is this going to pull through? Are we going to yeah. do this? Yeah. You know, and, and how do I provide those opportunities literally in a pandemic when we couldn't, or we had to sing eight feet apart or sing with masks on or Mm -hmm. whatever, whatever you name it. Yeah. Those are my struggles. Plus everybody's going through their own stuff. Yeah. (laughs) There's, oh, there's that. Oh, and we're in a pandemic. But I think every educator has their own struggles. So it's hard. You can't just say, oh, well, one's easier than another because it's truly not. I appreciate your acknowledgement of that. I think, you know, early on, um, We, we were kind of using the phrase like buckets of grace. We just need to have a lot of grace. We've never mm-hmm. done this before. And um, there was a time where we're like, okay, now it's over. Well, it's not. It's still requiring buckets of grace. Right. Because we haven't recalibrated back no. to normal, whatever that's going to look like, you know. So I think um, I wanted to say, kind of as we wrap up, I, I, um, I was in Walmart um, buying school supplies for a child I don't know. So it was so much fun because I got to like just go through and like pick what I oh, imagine yeah. this person would like it was for a gift, That's fine. for a donation. And um, so I was in just like my sweet spot, new crayon aisle, you know, happy. And there was a family. And this is why I reached out to you to have this conversation today. There was, it was a mom and a dad and a little boy. And they started to walk through the aisle that was school supplies. And the dad said, Nothing like killing summer by putting the school supplies out. And the little boy quietly kind of said, I like new school supplies. And the dad said, that just means you're going to have to go back to school. And the kid said, well, I want to go back to school. And the mom said, that's my boy. You know, she was kind of like proud. And she said, like, I always love new school supplies too. And the dad said, well, school sucks. And I literally, it took everything in me not to turn around. Oh my goodness. And I was just, what? I, I just, I was like, Amy, slow down. Don't say anything. You right. Know? And so I was like, or do I say something? Like, is it my responsibility to say something? I was like, <laughs> the internal do battle. I want to get in a fight with this man in Walmart? Right. You know? And I finally turned around slowly and this kid goes, yeah, 
Like, as I was turning around, he says to his dad, yeah. No. And I'm no. like, hold on. You know, this kid's no. like nine or ten years old. And I'm thinking, this moment matters for you, you know. Oh, my gosh. And so I was literally contemplating, like, how can I, what can I do to contribute to this kid's worldview, you know. And the mom did it. The mom said, some people don't like school. But I got to tell you, for me, school changed everything. And he said, how? And they started talking. And I didn't Beautiful. listen to it, But I was like, Yay. yes, mom. You know? <laughs> and, and it really did get me thinking, what can we do? And, of course, Jamie and I are getting ready for all this professional development for I Am Noticed. And, 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 it's a, and you're right. I do love what I get to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and what can we all do, though, to set a tone going into this year that we're passionate about being here, that right. it's a good thing we get to be here, and, and to help our kids have the invitation to be glad sure. they're at school. Sure. And and I know you do that. And so when I was questioning, like, what can I do? What could I contribute to the overall conversation that school is good? Some of that's personal commitment. Sure. I found myself in a grouchy conversation about construction mm-hmm. that I needed to end. I needed to quit complaining, and I needed to reframe it and say, yeah, but we're going to, we're going to have a good school year because my kids are in a, in a building that is completely right. under construction. I don't even have carpet in my classroom. Right it now. is crazy, right? So, there's, <laughs> so what can I do personally? I can check myself if sure. I'm complaining. Um, I can talk positively. I can be realistic and still say it's not cool that you don't have carpet yet. That's hard. But where, where am I going to go with that? When's that not productive and it's just me with my friends complaining? Right. I need a quick Because cap. ultimately, all of I was thinking about that. Like, no, my room is probably not going to look like what it usually looks like. And I am all about creating this, like, beautiful environment Absolutely. where everyone feels really welcome. They're like, oh, cool lights. Oh, great bulletin boards. Yep. Ultimately, it's not about that. Yep. Like, yes, I want them to feel good in my environment. And eventually, it will get there. But putting that pressure on myself to get all yeah. the bulletin boards done and the whole class decorated and yeah. looking all cute. Like, I guess I've just come to that point in my career yeah. where I'm like, it's going to be fine. Because the kids just need us. Yeah. To, to be there for To be them. there for them. Right. So, yeah, I mean, at the, so I hope everybody listening can kind of, like, think through their own commitment to what can we do to help our mm-hmm. kids know that we're there for them, that this is a, a good a gift. Yes. This is a good thing. Yes. And, and to set that tone and invite them to be that way. And that's who you are and how you show up. And I really appreciate, like I said, I just want to underscore the humanity that you bring to the role because – and, and – the, the humanity you are as a person is so beautiful to me. But the role, people just kind of see it at a glance. Mm-hmm. And even the role of teacher of the year, they just see it at a glance. And to know the 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 brevity of it, it's it's big. Mm-hmm. It's a lot. And so thank you for bringing those highs and lows and the, the authenticity yeah. to that and just sharing your perspective. Absolutely. I would say something that you said, you were talking about the story and how can you help and – there's a quote I go back to, and I, I mean, it's so often every year, but it's from the musical Into the Woods. And she says, careful the things you say, children will listen. Yeah. And they are, even when they don't, and even when we don't think they're listening, they're listening. Yeah. And so I think it's more about the relationship that you build and the words that you say yeah. than it is about the frills and getting the building done yeah. and all of the other things like so truly helping is a mindset. It's, yes. You know, how can we support? How can we support the kids? How can we get them excited about going back to school? And 
you know, and when they're grouchy about it, trying to show them the positives yeah. or show them the long game. Yeah. <laughs> show them the strategy. What right? strategy are you using right. when it's challenging? Because here's a challenge, you know, here's a challenge. Let's start practicing that now. Absolutely. And so Absolutely. there is, there's so much intentionality in, um, a person of excellence. And it's no surprise to me that you have so many strategies, um, cause you truly are. So thank you for thank sharing. Thank you for I having you so me. Much. I love you. And this Aww. has been so fun for me just to get to talk thing, just talk about things and well, what I love to do and so be good. with you. So thank you. Thank you. All right. Bye. Bye. Noticing with is brought to you by the notice network. Our mission is to help people notice the goodness in themselves and others, and we hope you always feel welcome in our space. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at The Notice Network, and we hope you'll visit us online to check out our blog and online store at thenoticenetwork.com. I hope you enjoyed this episode and that you're looking as forward to the next one as I am. Until then, I hope you feel seen, I hope you feel heard, you know you matter, and that you can share that goodness with the people in your life.